It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on the cult. So, Tony, we're talking about the cult, and one of the things I thought about when we decided to do this is are they're kind of that band that is kind of successful. A lot of people know them. Are they underappreciated? Where do they fall in the auto reverse universe? Um, I think more forgotten. That's maybe probably that's fair. I and and when I say forgotten, I don't mean like as a whole. I think their good stuff is forgotten. So like the stuff they made between Love, the album Love, mm-hmm. and between the album, what was the one, the, the late 80s one, Fire, the one that had Firewoman? Um, Sonic Temple. Sonic Temple. So the, the material... On those two between, albums. Yeah, between, between you know, the, so the, that material, so between Love and, and Sonic Temple, I think that's forgotten, and I think that's where we should... You know, not saying completely focus this, this episode on that, but that's the stuff that, like, we forget that, well, not we, but other people forget because there were so many lineup changes um, from Electric on. Well, and then there was uh, and there was time where they weren't playing, like they broke up in 95 and reformed again in 90. I, you know what? Uh, there's, a you bit know, of, you know. there's a bit of steely Dan with these two. How so? Explain that to me. Because this is basically a two-person team. That's right. This is a two-person... Let let people know who they are. Let people... (laughs) make make (laughs) For those that don't know. (laughs) Well, the the renowned uh, Ian Ashbury, of course, the lead vocals, and their, uh, you know, guitarist Billy Duffy. And, you know, I was actually reading this article, and I'm getting off course a little bit, uh, but I'll forget it. But he's, they were talking about the cover of Sonic Temple, and they said, there's a, very, there's a picture of, why'd you pick the cover of, with, to show you know, you know, Billy on it? And he's like, well, Billy's the masculine part of the band. It's a very masculine mm. pose. And I feel like I'm the more feminine, and that kind of, that's why we're, people enjoy us, as I think that, that, that harmonizes together, like his masculineness, my feminineness, kind of work together in what makes the cult interesting. What I will say to that, though, and going back and doubling back to what you said, what they've forgotten is that I, you know, I think the people tend to know the love in electric stuff is the stuff that came before that, because that's the stuff that I kind of jumped. Yeah. Because that you made a the playlist you made really is great about their, their, their where they started from. And kind of how they sort of groove, kind of gothy, almost Susie and the Banshees, Bauhausy type stuff. Yeah, post post punk, kind of like Joy Division yeah, too. A, yeah. lot, a lot of that early stuff. And let and let's let people know. So the the early stuff, the first thing that uh, was that was put together was by um, Ian uh, Asbury. It was the uh, Ashbury or Asbury? I can't remember. Um, Asbury, I, um, you're, you're right. At, yeah. And so, so the first thing he put together was Southern Death Cult, and that was definitely more um, <coughs> Joy Division, post punk, gothy, and that was without Billy. Right. 
So Billy wasn't in that band. And then, but Billy came from another band called the Nosebleeds that I think may have involved Morrissey in some, at some point. And, and then they joined forces Ian and, and, and Billy did to form, to form death cult. So it went right. from Southern death cult to death cult. And then that line. And so that, that was basically, lo, lo, that was the cult basically. Right, right. And if you listen to the album Dreamtime, which is the album before, love. uh, uh, love that, and it's called the cult Dreamtime. There, they use songs on that album that were re, re-recorded that was originally Death Cult. Right. So you see what I'm saying? It just, but but be, so between Death Cult, the album Dreamtime, and then Love, that's where you really see them with their this sort of like signature sound that was all of those things. It was, well, it wasn't like right. It was all those influences, but they they came up with a like more of like a signature specific singular sound um no longer sounding like joy division no longer sounding like Bauhaus. it was just it was the cult i, yeah. ho- I hope i was clear with that i don't, I don't yeah, know no, i think i think you did a, yeah. i think you did a very admirable job trying to, <laughs> to trying to suss that out um but you know what the, it is because it's like you you know the how the, it's not like I think when they got to electric, because the the transition from like the death cult stuff, even the southern death cult stuff, to love is not that big. It, it makes sense in the trajectory, like a sound, yeah. like a sound trajectory or so, sound journey. It's, it sounds like an ev- a, a, a logical evolution, right? But it's like, a, they just made but, it more solid. They they, yeah. they 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 cut the fat. They. Uh, they they got better sonics going on, a yeah. better production, and they just and they made it. They beefed it up and made it more solid. That's a, I think that's yeah. what they did. And then when they did yeah. electric, when they got Rick Rubin involved, oh. they they, they beef, It sounded almost like a different band in some ways. I mean, the only maybe song that kind of ties from the from Love is the you know the Phoenix kind of sounds like like a harbinger of where they were where they were trying to go. It has that mm-hmm. kind of more rocky, more kind of in your face. Mm-hmm. aspect to it but um yeah they, you're right it's like they, they you know it's it's a band that's kind of taken this really kind of um I, you know they have a good relationship the the his vocals are really identifiable you know i was listening to the mm-hmm. the playlist today like his how he sings hasn't changed his style hasn't changed one bit and i'm not talking about tone I'm talking about his style of singing from the beginning until their last album. It's, it's, he, he did, a, I think, a smart thing of just like, this is what my singing style is. And he just, they applied it different way with the music, with the guitars, and, uh, you know, they kind of played with tones, and with the instrument tones, uh, as far as drums and bass and guitar but like his voice has been that kind of constant thing where i kind of say okay that's the cult sound is tied into his voice i don't think this the band's sound is as much tied into his guitar playing because he you know billy duffy's guitar playing kind of is really uh, very you know it's kind of got he again he's like he could play like the like the chuck berry type stuff and then can go and do like you know the 
what's the guy's name from Suji and the Banshees that I'm forgetting? McVeigh. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy with his name starts with an Selvage. I sell. Steve. A, oh, St- is it Steve something? Well, the, there, there's the Susie a, guitar player. Well, there's a. They had a couple of really good. I was like McVeigh. McVeigh is one of them, and I I forget the other one's name. Anyhow, but it's like he he has his style is very. It, it doesn't sit in. Uh, unless on electric, it kind of sat in that kind of hard rocky thing. But um, yeah, yeah, it's malleable. Although definitely on the Love record and the Dreamtime record, it's the, you, it's that hollow body sound yeah. that was very somewhat popular in in this sort of new wave goth gothy circles at that time. Um, and I just I got to tell you, when Electric came out. I was, I think I was in college, and I remember I had heard that they had a new album coming out, and I went to Rebel Rebel, uh, the sort of record store that was around in the West Village that was that specialized in English imports, and I and I knew the guy that owned the store, and I went there to pick up pick it up, and when he saw when he saw me come in, he he was he's like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for the new um, cult record. He's like. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> this. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then I looked at the cover and I'm like, holy shit. You know, like, what is this? And then and then he goes, yeah, Rick Rubin produced it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But at the same time, I was getting into Raging Slab at that time. You know, and I was getting into more hard rock stuff. Right. Uh, it's uh, Or bands making hard rock stuff. Yeah. So... I think when I put it on, yeah, I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, I was also kind of psyched that that was the direction they were going in because I I saw myself as a music fan going in that direction too. Honestly, it was this, one of the seeds of starting TP years later. You know what I mean? Right. Like that sort of like it, it, I wouldn't call it stoner rock, but no. it was but it was kind of like that a little well, bit, you know, you know. Yeah, I You I, know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. You know, I call it like cuz I was in college when I first heard the call and it's perfect college rock. It just mm-hmm. it has that kind of looseness to it. It's got that harder edge like let down your hair. 
you know, I don't give, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do this right. You know, it just had that kind of loose. There's, there's, there, especially on electric, it seemed like there's less of a restriction on it. It was more off the cuff and more not dangerous. I hate that word, but it's more like it has an edge to it. Which you know, you're away from home for the first time, and this—that's the kind of music you want to kind of walk around in. You know. Yeah, it sounded it sounded kind of dangerous. The album cover looked dangerous. Uh, they were working with Rick Rubin, hat. who had a reputation, and you know, and it was funny because I had seen them only a year or two before that. I'd seen them on the Love Tour with uh, the Divinals. Remember them? Oh, yeah. I touched myself. Oh, yeah, they opened yeah. up. I went to the Beacon Theater and it was amazing. It was a great show. I loved that album. The yeah. Love Record. Yeah, um, Love Album was great. I love that album. I, I almost wore it out. I actually let my friend Rick borrow it, which I hated letting people borrow my albums. But he was like, I really want to borrow it. And he borrowed it. He was on the varsity baseball team. And he took, I guess, took it to practice before he took it home. And when he gave it back to me, there was like fucking rocks from the infield inside the album. I wanted to fucking kill him. Uh, so that's, but make, that's neither that's, here. That's, that's neither a, here or that's, there. That's Bush Bushley movie. He's like, I'll make you a tape. That's the, that was all, that was my reply. I'll make you a yeah, tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we, we we you know there. I had a handful of friends in high school that kind of got into the same stuff, right. whether it was the cult or REM or or what or whatever. You know, we we would we would. I yeah, I tended to make tapes, but he was the one that was always busting my balls to borrow records, and I was like, after the cult fiasco, I was like, you're not borrowing any more fucking records yeah, from me, you fucker. Yeah. You're banned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so so I saw them then during the Love era. I did not see them during the Electric era, but then I saw them again during the Sonic Temple era, opening up for Metallica. Metallica yeah. were on the uh, and Justice for All, All tour. tour, right? Yeah, and I went to uh, Burn Arena to see that. Yeah, I saw. Um, yeah, I saw them at Sonic Temple tour as well, and mm -hmm. they were you know, they were great. I mean, they're a fun band, and um, you know they, that was a really good version of that band. Well, at least a good version of that rock band it was like Matt Storm on mm -hmm. drums, and um, I think this is right before he was he even uh, did he did he go with them? Because oh no, he was he didn't leave for GNR by at that point. I don't know. I don't. I, that dude is such a, what do you call it? A mercenary. I can't yeah. keep track, nor do I care. I know he's a good drummer. Uh, I'm not saying he's not. You just don't uh, truck. You don't like mercenaries. You've never liked them. It's like, I know. don't like mercenaries because it, it, they're cynical. And I've, you know, and after working with Todd Youth, um, when I had, when I did the Chrome Locust record, who was, he was a major mercenary too. Uh, I just, they suck. So like then, yeah, they're good. They're good. They play good drums on a. On a and there's on a, a difference a between a mercenary and a sessions person, to be clear. Yeah, I, yeah. These are not Larry Coriel guys or <laughs> your Lee Rittenauer or, or Steve Gad. No, no, no. These are rock and roll mercenaries who, who have a thing that's very limited, but it's perfect for whatever. You know, it, I, I don't know. I just don't like mercenaries. Do I, I don't. I don't know what these people's personal lives are like. I doubt they're that great of people. It's just because the whole thing is that they don't give a fuck. They're just like going from one band right, to another. Right. Getting they all they care about is step up, getting paid. Yeah. They don't care about the music, and that's where I'm different in terms of like how I see things. Right. I think everything should be in service of music, and if you're some cynical 
you know, mercenary, I, then you, you're in my, you're getting in the way. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, and I, I and so and I, and I honestly, dude, I'm not a huge Guns N' Roses fan, so I don't give a fuck that he played in Guns N' Roses. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I was never a huge fan. I mean, Appetite for Destruction when it came out, it was cool. Like we got into it, you know. But then, you know, it didn't. It hasn't aged well in my in my opinion. And also the subsequent stuff they did, I don't really care about. It's not something that I I'm like dying to we, listen to. Well, that, this, we, could, we could say this for another time, but I will say that their their stuff out after Appetite for Destruction has aged a lot better than maybe Appetite for Destruction. At least for me. Really? For me. Yeah. For you, okay. Use Your Illusion So stuff. like you, like Use Your Illusion, that sort of stuff? Yeah, there's some really good stuff yeah. that I've listened to recently just for have just out of uh just pure coincidence i'm like oh this is actually and it, i was surprised that i still liked it anyhow back to the cult back to the cult let's get back, back to the cult you know one of the things did you know that mr asbury lived is in, canadian yeah well lived in canada in hamilton yeah. uh, uh ontario i and, believe was he born there no i think was he no 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 Okay, so I think I know he was he born was UK, in England, but then moved, moved, moved to there. Canada. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. moved to was Canada. Was his father a military guy or something? Is that what the deal was? Um, I don't know. He didn't. I was uh -huh. reading an interview with him, but he said that that's where he got tapped in. You, you, a common theme in all cult albums is the indigenous. The, that's indigenous right. Cultural. The and, the uh, the. Um, yeah, the the native the native stuff. He also had a music festival. He, his music festival in the early '90s predates Lollapalooza or the late '80s. I can't remember. It just it it predates uh, Lollapalooza. It was called the Gathering of the Tribes. Oh yeah. If you yeah, look yeah. at those early lineups, I think he only did it a couple years. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, like Iggy Pop and right and some hip hop stuff. So it was like kind of the prototype for for Lollapalooza so I and and I you know I like Ian he seemed because I talked to him a couple times a friend of mine um, introduced me to him when I lived in LA and then we we talked on the phone a few times it was weird uh, but he's like into new like learning about new thing new stuff new music like cutting-edge shit like still to this day I think he's on that tip yeah. yeah, I think like yeah, and I think like he it says something because the impact of him meet, having the in, indigenous uh, meeting the indigenous uh, people in Canada, I mean it's not like a light thing that's used in cult stuff. It's very heavily applied to a lot of stuff, and it has a significance not just in his to what you're saying is his formation of like who he is but you know who other people are and what how other people's lives are shaped and he he was talking about being an outsider when he first went was came to Canada because he you know he had a little bit of a uh Scottish burr he spoke with a little mm -hmm. bit of a Scottish burr so he was like he you know you weren't didn't speak you know like a regular people around there he was an outsider so he got to hang out with a lot of the outsiders and I think mm -hmm. when you have that, you get to you get a better under, appreciation of going things outside your comfort zone because, you know, you're you're that person who's outside other people's comfort zone. So you want to be able to not isolate yourself and try to embrace more things rather than push them away. At least that's how it mm -hmm. seems like with him. And from your what you're talking about with the music, it sounds like that that as well. Yeah, I mean, he he's someone that. Uh that took chances, you know, and, um, and then, 
got commercial success and then took a, some more chances and then moved to LA and became an LA an LA guy and an LA band. Uh, so, you know, the it's been a long road for them. Um, I, I mean, I'll always love the cult because when I heard love, when I, when I, when I saw the video for C, uh, she's, um, she's cell sanctuary. Yeah. When I saw that I was like 17 and it just really, it really, it just blew me away. Right. And it, it was right up my alley. I was dressing like them. I was, going to see other bands like them i was going to clubs and you know i was i was right in the middle of it and and they were perfect for that time and um yeah and they were one of those bands that and then and then they changed and then i saw them and then the 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 context changed like seeing them open up for the for um for metallica was weird you know what i mean like they were they were all up on stage uh, you know ian was barefoot and stuff it just looked it just seemed strange but whatever that those were like the musical adventures that they were having and i was as a fan having it with them because i too was cha- changing my perspective and what i liked and what i didn't like and and i and i always uh, appreciated that they were on a similar that's an interesting, Pass, that's an interesting way of, of putting that because it's like, and, I, and I, you're right, because what I'm trying to think about those, it, let's, you know, it's really those three albums, Love, Electric, and Sonic Temple, because that, yeah. that kind of, they take you a little bit on a, that journey that they kind of go on. They're like those three albums all sound different. I mean, Sonic Temple and Electric are a little similar. I think Sonic Temple was done by Bob Rock, right? He produced that one. So that's not like... I think so, yeah. Yeah. Another Canadian. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's from BC. Yeah, he's from Vancouver. No kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know people named Rock. I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of his, but yeah, he's from here. You're not a huge fan of his? A Bob Rock? No. Did you not see uh, Some Kind of Monster, the Metallica movie? I mean, dude, I hear all the things Ted Nugent says, and I really just, you know. No, you know. but it's not its not his politics. It's not his politics. He's just, he's kind of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch watch the Metallica movie, uh, Some Kind of Monster. I watched a and little then, bit. Then, of, I watched a little bit of it, and I was just, I, was, I thought, like, I need to go, like, the, I'm not going to watch someone work on themselves when I should be working on myself. So I just turned <laughs> it off. I was just like, well, <laughs> I turned it off. <laughs> I I know what you mean, this but Bob Rock times, was like was kind of like I, a parasite on the, on that working on yourself kind of thing. It was uh, just weird. I'm uh, just telling you. Okay, I'll yeah. take your word for it. Yeah. Save myself. Yeah, time. or don't. <laughs> but I, you know, those three albums. I think you know. I you know, if you haven't heard those three albums in succession, I think it's a really good way of kind of uh, kind of capturing what's great about the band. That's that being said, the albums that came before that, I think are wildly interesting to listen to because they are kind of to show elements of those three albums but are very somewhat like very divorced from that you know that's something completely different yeah dream time is great like i bought a copy at double decker in pennsylvania the record store and i think i got it for like three dollars it's so good and um i like the whole like they were associated with beggar's banquet and situation mm-hmm. two this other label and you know, I liked a lot of the bands that came out on that that label at that time in the 
in the mid like uh early to mid 80s right. there was a lot of interesting stuff happening um that even today it's it's good to go back and 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 look at some of that stuff even like like for example icicle works you remember that band oh yeah of course so they had that they had the big hit they had the hit uh whisper to a scream which is a great song great song and big hit um but their records right before that on on um on beggar's banquet are really cool like they're really interesting sort of post-punk um post-punk records and that's and that's and that from that sort of stew is where is where the cult came from and that's you know another reason why i respect them they didn't just come out of nowhere they came out of something that's very that's a that's a really good point i you know and you can yeah they have that sort of you know you know i don't i would say like like heft but something they they sound they are they're tight they're very all their stuff they're very tight band and they're not there's authentic, I, you know, how can you measure this? It's only, it's person to person, but it's like they, they've always registered me like a very authentic band. Like they're not trying to do anything that they're not. I mean, Ceremony's not a very good album. And I that think- That album sucks. And I think it, they even said that they rushed, they should not have made that album, but they were like, well, Matt Soren left, what are we gonna do? You know, they just got off the road and they're just like, well, why don't we do another album? And they should have taken some time. He said that we, they should have taken some time, got a new band together and then, wrote together and then put did an album and it was just something that they did really quickly yeah i'm sure i'm sure they had their reasons for it but there's like not even one good song on that album uh, except ceremony uh, which is on the playlist i did i put that on there i had to <laughs> yeah that's fair i was listening to it i'm like yeah this kind of this deserves it and i actually put some some of the newer stuff because i think like uh the choice what choice of weapon was not was actually a fairly good album compared to things that came between that some of the other albums between that and ceremony are not bad but it's you know i thought choice of weapon was kind of a little bit better return to form um but nowhere near the level of love electric and sonic tempo you know people i'm I'm just thinking like tony and i are trying to give you like i i know he's been saying like you know it's these albums we want you to kind of take in because you may have forgotten them and i'm like yeah look at that and then listen to the ones before that so it's a confusing message i'm i'm very well aware of it but i think that we both really enjoy this band uh there's they they're they're they make for a good meal they make albums mm-hmm. that are a good meal i'm like you know i remember love electric and sonic temple don't have a lot of stinkers on any of those albums i think love and electric don't really have any uh, some songs mm-hmm. are good as, as good as the others, but there's no stinkers on it, and it, they're really fun to listen to. And they're a really great band, and I, you know, I was, it's a band that, you know, frankly, if they start touring again, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, as always, if you have a, you know, comments about this show, want us to look at a band that you like that you think has been forgotten or misunderstood, we're happy to do it. Just hit us up at auto reverse pod at gmail.com or on the facebook or the instagram and let us know uh, and yeah buddy until next time all right all right peace <laughs>